This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. Having a strong enemy and a, a big one and an enemy that you want to poke in the face uh, permanently is, is extremely useful. It feeds you with energy. It actually helps you to, you know, be extremely focused because you're like, okay, if I watch my enemy step, like how can I copy some of them? How can I disrupt others? It's that like your enemy is your roadmap basically. And, and I think that proves to be sometimes very powerful, especially for early stage. This was Vianney Vaud, co-founder and CCO of Paris-based Backmarket, a marketplace that fights against planned obsolescence. Six months ago, the startup was evaluated at $5.7 billion, and their brand DNA is sabotage, as they try to keep old tech devices around for longer, hence positively impacting the environment. And yet, they found a way to attract the large tech giants like Samsung to not fear but actually join their brand. From how to keep your brand DNA flag raised high during expansion, to how to keep your brand's tonality as you grow into new markets, to how important the founder's instinct is to building a global brand, how to create something sexy and attractive in a market that is completely the opposite. This conversation with VNA's absolute brand gold, and I am thrilled to be able to share it with you. But before we dive in, I'd like to thank the latest supporter of the show, Skander Benamore, who joined on the Golden Circle level. If you want to up the ante with your brand or creative business while offsetting some of the costs of bringing Hitting the Mark to you every three weeks, then join the small group of brand strategists and entrepreneurs from across the globe who hop on monthly advisory calls with yours truly. Head on over to patreon.com slash hitting the mark to do so. And now over to my inspiring conversation with VNA. Welcome to the show, VNA. Thanks for having me. I'm sure I butchered your name. Sorry about that. But, you know, it's a big one. It's a tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one. My mom still has a, you know, trouble pronouncing it. So you're all forgiven. Oh, fantastic. Very good. Um, so, so Back Market is one of those rare companies that has a creative, um, as, as a co-founder, um, you come from the creative uh, planning background. It definitely shows in the entire brand's atmosphere. I think it sucks people in. It's really exciting. It's one of the key reasons that that we have you on and we, we want to talk to you. Um, because looking at your background, you have always been interested in that uh, special intersection of creativity, data, strategy, and entrepreneurship. And you seem to have found your place where you can combine it all. And I'm going to read uh, the one-liner um, of, of the brand that you co-founded. It says, Back market is a marketplace that fights against plant obsolescence. Um, how did you get together with your co-founders? Take us back to the first months and the first years of the brand creation. How did it all, how did it all begin? Well, I, I'm going to try to give you some background without uh, boring you too much. But basically, uh, I met Thibaut and uh, Quentin, who are my two uh, co-founders, um, uh, around like the beginning of uh, 2014. Um, 
they already they were still working uh, at, at the time uh, you know in, in the same company actually and uh, but they already had the, the, the very idea of, uh, of, of back market uh, certainly not the name uh, and not you know the whole brand positioning or, or, and so on but the idea of creating a marketplace that would be only dedicated to renewed devices uh, to try to make uh, consumption of refurbished devices as mainstream as possible um, they already identified the need and the opportunity to build such a such a project and they started to you know like um, um, develop like the infrastructure around it and so on uh, and we met through a friend uh, that we have in common that put us in touch when Thibault and Quentin were kind of struggling with um, you know the name that was it's it all started with the name uh, hmm. but behind the name uh, when we started to have conversation, I told them like, hey guys, I, I basically did my work as a, as a creative planner. I told them like, it's not just the name, like it's like uh, what it's gonna say, what it's gonna implicitly convey as a message, what kind of relationship do you want to establish between your product and the people, what are the emotions you want to trigger and so on. And then how does it translate? Yes, into a company name, but through your interface, through your editorial strategy, then of course your community management and, and, and so on. And very spontaneously, we started to work together because I, I was, you know, passionate about doing this kind of exercise for projects that were like super, super early stage. Because when you do branding at this stage, you have such a crazy impact on the experience. Yeah. Um, and by working together, we naturally decided, like maybe three, four weeks later, like to basically uh, partner. Uh, and and they invited me as a as a co-founder. And I think around nine months later we publicly launched uh, what was then a uh, back market basically that's amazing you, and i mean you're in a terribly unsexy market <laughs> right um how yes, did yes. how did you make it attractive i mean that was the number one goal right like how do we make something that people think is like horrible back shops you know like it's it, it's not it's not it's not good quality stuff it's used it's not attractive how do you, I mean, you didn't only make the devices attractive again. Um, it, it, that was one thing, right? To make sure that people can trust it. But on the other hand, you yeah. created this entire brand that you, you literally created a brand, right? Something that people actually follow, that they're interested in. Um, and this is a huge undertaking. How did you go about, uh, how, how did you go about it? Like what were some of the steps in the first months to say, this is what our brand is going to be, and this is how we're going to win that fight. I think because, you know, as you're, as you're saying, like we are literally, if, if you look at it from a pure linear model, uh, which is the world of, you know, Apple, Samsung, Best Buy, and so on, which is I manufacture, I sell, and then at the end of the day, like it just becomes waste. Truth is that we are selling waste, right? Uh, but. Mm -hmm. This waste, when you look at it through the lens of circular economy, like well, it goes back to the hands of an expert that you know is able to to repair them, put a strong diagnostic, be able to put a warranty on it, and so on. And and uh, and basically, the expert is able to restore trust. Uh, and I don't think we do our responsibility is not as much about trust, though we can go back to this because as a marketplace, like you have great leverage to make sure that only the best sellers uh, out there are able to join and the, the bad ones can stay away uh, but once trust is restored thanks to our expert networks you can then kind of simply tell the story of like 
hey guy, like if you if you join the project, if you if you buy one of our gadgets, you're literally sabotaging like you know this very linear and boring and extremely predatorial uh, model. If I think you know in terms of uh, environmental resources and so on, um, of of new and it's fun. People are excited to go on and sabotage you know the big stuff, the big tech, uh, and and you know everybody wants to take action in the in the world we live in. Um, and and I think what's interesting is that very spontaneously, because we were in this sabotage mode, like you know, like obviously, like back market is a very heavy intended pun, like for the black market, like something parallel, something that uh, you join to disrupt uh, an aristocracy, right? And mm -hmm. and a lot of our values that people love, like a lot of our you know, what's about our tone of voice and 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 also creative ideas, etc. They simply come because they work against the very established and to be fair quite boring uh names you know like i mean i, I respect what apple did as a brand and what mm -hmm. they do with their products but truth to be told like i think back market has been blessed because since they when we've been evolving in the most two boring categories on earth which is <laughs> tech on one side and e-commerce on the other one and very spontaneously because we were trying to disrupt that well, we started to put a little bit of jokes, a little bit of like nonchalance, a little bit of distance between us and the product, like not desperate to sell you shit and so on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the consumers who is actually also a human being, they recognize that, right? And and they they bite into it and they just want to, they are more excited to join your side than the than the other. Basically. So, so when you first started, do you feel that in the first couple of years, um, you you were really like the anti right yeah you 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 had like the revolutionary flag rising and you were like join our tribe because we are going against um you know we're going yeah. against big tech was that was that in the beginning like fist in the air and did that change over time where you're a little bit less of of the the negative anti brand or and and, and more part of the ecosystem or how does how did that change over the years it's true that like uh when you're just three uh guys in a room um <laughs> I, I think this energy the the, the anti-energy like is, is really um it's really productive uh and it's one one advice i would uh i would give to uh, an entrepreneur that has uh you know a very early stage project is like having a strong enemy and a, a big one and an enemy that you want to poke in the face uh, permanently is, is extremely useful. It feeds you with energy. It actually helps you to, you know, be extremely focused because you're like, okay, if I watch my enemy step, like how can I copy some of them? How can I disrupt others? It's that like your enemy is your roadmap basically. And, and I think that proves to be sometimes very powerful, especially for early stage. Absolutely. Truth is that uh, at one point in the project, we've been close to i think lose ourselves a little bit like when you start to do your first tv commercials and you know you get a little bit more mainstream and so on mm -hmm. sometimes you're tempted to say like okay i convinced my friends but now it's time to convince like the neighbors of my friends and maybe i should you know tame it down a little bit um and and I like our name as clumsy as it is and you know like uh, uh, most of american people will call it uh, uh, black market for another couple of years and, until we do our job right uh but this name at least always was the best way and the, the fastest way to bring us back to this very anti and and very focused on our enemy energy of the mm -hmm. early days and mm -hmm. i think 
it, it, it was almost like, you know, like a, um, how do you say that? Like a, a talisman, uh, you know, like something you bring with you, like it has a magic yeah, power to yeah. bring, bring you back to your, to, to, to your, to, to what's true about you. I, I, I love, I love how you say that, right? Because, because a name is so important and very often a name can, can, can can change can change the track the, the trajectory of a company over time and it can also go against the company if it is too if it is too literal right and then the company pivots 10 years later and the name doesn't work anymore yes. but what you have with with back market and the idea that back market actually tells the entire story of what you do while it hints at your at your foundation of the idea of kind of like a black market right that idea we're going against the grain and it yeah. is really wonderful that even now that you start working with some of the big tech brands and and now that you are like you said you're you're going more commercial you're growing tremendously as a company um do you still have that name right it's kind of like the flag is always up there because it's it's yes. the name and you can and even if you quote unquote sell out as some people would call any company that's growing right they're like that is a sell out right yeah, exactly. they're growing uh, you know which you're not but but it seems like people would say that over time because you're growing there's always back market it's always the name exactly. it's a, it's a good fence uh but to to go back to your to your initial question, I, I think what's interesting in terms of communication is that truth is that we we for for let's say like the, the first four five years the company is eight years uh, eight years old now um, we were just busy like getting people on board and like you know kind of like yeah let's burn the church of new and whatever and and now that the company uh, grew like we launched like a uh, a lot of different services for our merchants, for our clients. I'm not gonna, you know, quote them all, but like we feel that from simply like a, a, a retailer position that we had as a marketplace back in the days, we are transitioning towards like you know we're actually building a, a an infrastructure for the circular economy, helping uh, our sellers to source devices to to be repaired and put back on the market after, um, helping consumers like with you know some repair options uh, during the warranty period or after the warranty period um, sourcing spare parts for uh, sellers and so on and and then the role of, of our of our marketplace and the role of our project became much more about uh, building uh, the, the foundation of the circular economy and shaping up and scaling up it, it, its future so mm -hmm. it's not as much just about uh, eradicating an old model, it's really about like shaping up the model that is here to maybe not replace, but at least like grow next and against uh, this uh, uh, th this old model of linear. And so I think we are still here to burn churches, and and a lot of our communication should should still uh, um, uh, you know have this energy, point out what's wrong about new et cetera. But we also have to develop like a, a more sophisticated and, and missionary and positive, I'd say, mm -hmm. uh, part of communication, which is more about like, okay, we burn the churches of new, but this is the new religion that we want to build. And this yep. is what it's about. And this is what you can, you know, be for uh, and not just be against, basically. And that, that's a very in interesting transition uh, from a brand perspective, I think. And it's a very logical transition that comes with your success because now you see that you actually have bigger reach and you could really you could really make a change at the root level, right? And invite yes, others right. into this rather than you being the one brand that does that. Um, what what seems what seems um, 
interesting is that obviously the big tech brands that 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 you came to you know disrupt you know in 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 a way like apple and samsung they obviously would hate you since you you take people away from buying the latest and greatest gadget that has the best camera ever right but but somehow you were able to make some of these big brands like samsung and sennheiser into partners instead how did that take shape and and what was your angle to invite the companies that you're kind of very yeah. publicly rooting against to become part of your ecosystem we, we had this conversation with uh, one of our business angel at very early stage like i i had a, at one point to doubt about like yeah but if our positioning is like so you know blatantly against like those uh big guys um maybe they will never care to join us and uh and i think like in all fairness like if the apple of those of, of this world like don't join the circular economy at one point it's going to be a nice uh thing but it will never be mainstream we need the support of the brands yeah. that you quote and and you know the big manufacturers out there uh we need to to convince them to 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 change their paradigm and 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 join like a more circular way to to deal with their machines um the when i was sharing these doubts uh with, with the with the investor he told me like just focus on scaling the business and you know you can keep your tone of voice and antagonizing as much as you want if you prove that there is a market and if you if you also um, make sure that there is always a door open for those big manufacturers to join it uh, in a proper way and in a way a safe way um, they will join and how did you keep that door open though how did they know that you're inviting them without you saying that you're inviting them well the thing is like you you reach out like we have uh, you know a biz dev teams etc that are always in conversation with uh, with those teams but i think what matters the most is that what back market is about is to, uh, you know, bring uh, a, a place uh, in in the circular world, the, the, let's say the secondhand world, that is that is trustworthy uh, mm -hmm. for consumers, mm -hmm. but also for sellers. And 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 I think if you prove that there is a market that is booming, and you have like a, a shitload of uh, of studies that are showing like how secondhand is is booming, not just in the smartphone industry, but also you know the world of laptops and and audio and so on. Uh, well. The manufacturers they, they can't ignore those business trends and they will try to find a way to to to, to make some profits uh out of it well and they see your your audience right they see how many people you actually exactly. cater to and that alone is like a red flag that turns into an opportunity and they can't ignore it and and the thing is like because we build back market as as something trustworthy you know like because it's not just about shouting against new it's about like uh again like building a a model in the circular economy that is built on trust and quality and uh, curation and so on and and i think actually manufacturers they they care about that they don't the, the big risk for a manufacturer is a loss of control when they address the second hand market uh and you know i'm hmm. sure apple doesn't like the idea of having iphones that are trading on craigslist or wherever yeah. uh, and that are dissatisfying for the consumer so yeah. i think everything we do around curation and and seller selection and uh, and you know like having a proper environment like digitally etc with with good warranties and good customer service at the end of the day is more aligned with uh, uh, apple values even if at the end of the day we we disagree about their model which is leaning too much on uh, linear but we are always happy 
uh, to welcome them when they are ready to convert some of their stock to the circular economy, basically. And like and like you said, um, this is highly interesting, right? The idea that um, that that you are a much better alternative to the Craigslists of the world, right? Because the quality remains up to the standards of the brand, and that that alone is an is an open door for them to actually enter. Super interesting. Um, so six months ago. TechCrunch reported that you had a $5.7 billion valuation becoming France's most valuable startup. That, of course, means that, you know, going far outside the borders of France, uh, you know, to, to have such an impact. How has your expansion into other territories uh, like the US, uh, how, how has it been going? And, and how do you ensure that your brand's tonality and your brand's humor translates from one territory into another geography? Because I always find that fascinating of how much do you stay true 100% and do you need to, do you need to just tweak something ever so slightly to fit into, into other countries' mindsets? Or is it all one global mindset at this point? It's a big, uh, it, it, it's, it's a big challenge. Um, and, you know, when you open a country, you are always a little bit crippled by doubt. It's like, you know, you come in in a party that, that you were not really <laughs> invited and, yeah. and you don't know, you don't even know the language of the, of the guests, uh, and, uh, are their cultural references, et cetera. Well, yeah. it, it's different whether you open in Slovakia or in, in, in the US. I guess I feel closer to the American culture than, uh, uh, Eastern Europe, but still, like, it's, it's always a little bit like, you feel clearly like the underdog. And, and at this moment, you can start, this is a, a critical moment because you can quickly doubt yourself and your brand uh, and, and feel like very ready to open every doors and windows and change everything. Like, okay, German people, they don't have humor. Let's be a dry uh, brand, for example. You know, hey, like wait German a minute here. Reason. Wait a minute. I mean, I'm from Austria, <laughs> but uh, I, I'll Not just brush Austria. over this. Continue. <laughs> Uh, it's always it's always uh, um, a little bit of uh, you know it's it's soul searching basically and and I yeah. think with time um, I I decided that what made back market strong as a brand was like you know the honesty and the passion that we spontaneously put behind it when we launched it like eight years ago and there is no reason for 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 this thing not to be recognized by you know like people in the country where we open like it. It worked in France. Mm -hmm. It worked very spontaneously in countries that we quickly open afterwards, like in in Spain, for example. And and I think like uh, erasing the self doubt and say like, you know what, this is who am I? This is what am I about? Matters a lot. And this is where you actually turn into a global brand because a global brand has this level of confidence, which is yeah. like, this is what I am, and 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 I'm gonna say it pretty much the same way whether I go in Hong Kong. Are in Los Angeles, and 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 I think it matters. Afterwards, you still have when you do advertising and and you know editorial strategy and so on. You have to onboard uh, onboard local to make sure that what you are about, like from a you know let's say a, a master level at a global level, mm -hmm. is properly translated and and communicated uh, locally in the in the in the local language. So uh, a reference. Uh, um, for a pop singer in in Germany, will be translated certainly differently uh, uh, in, uh, in in France, for example. And um, uh, so, this you need talent in adapting. But I think you have to go all in with your confidence uh, and 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 
and that makes a global brand a, a global brand. <laughs> I absolutely love I absolutely love how you said that. Um, a client of mine asked me the same question on an advisory call, and she, and and I told her that if you if you if you start doubting your own brand's DNA, it it, it should I mean it should not change country by country. And I told her, look, just look at Netflix. Look at the top ten movies in Netflix in different countries, right? You know, Western countries, you know, the, the countries you usually, you know, expand to first. They're all the exact same movies. They have the same, they have the same humor, right? It's like you don't have to be afraid to 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 stick to your to stick to your guns. Um I I, yes. I love the way that you said that. Um it's really great to to share with our audience a little bit about the brand tonality of back market because we talked about it quite a lot. Um, he, I, I want to read really quick an Instagram carousel from uh, from a few weeks ago. It, it it reads the following. It's of course visually very nice, but you can't see that, so I'm just going to share it um, here uh, verbally. It takes twenty one thousand seven hundred forty one gallons of water to make a new smartphone. That's like running a faucet for three days or peeing for four. <laughs> In other words, a lot of water, a lot. And that's it. And that's your carousel. And then you talk a little bit more about, you know, four days straight, but it doesn't have to be like this, blah, blah, blah. You come to the rescue, right? How, how did you create, how did you create the tone of voice? And, and how do you, how do you ensure it stays the same now that you have all of these teams, you know, nationally, internationally, you've got agencies working for you. You've got, you, I mean, how do you infuse that in a way that most probably goes outside of a brand guide? I mean, how do people really feel, feel that brand and how do you onboard people to start writing a certain way? Because I'm sure you don't have one writer. <laughs> Uh, we do have a little bit more than, uh, but not much, much, uh, many more than one actually. But I guess it's um, uh, it's uh, it always looks, you know, better from the outside than internally, right? Like when you <laughs> go in a in a nice restaurant, you never want to push the the the, the kitchen door. <laughs> um, so I, I I accept your compliments, but I, I can tell you, like, it's it's much messier than you think. That being said, uh, when we when we turn into a global brand, and I think like the opening in the US was really like this tipping point of saying like, okay, something is happening. Like, from when did that small, happen? The uh, US it was around like uh, three three years ago. I'd okay. Say, uh, okay, three years and a half, and and it was uh, it was um, a critical moment for us to. I don't know, like we felt like we're, we're still far away from Spotify of this world, etc. But I, I hope one day we'll, uh, we'll, um, we'll, we'll box in the same category. Uh, and, and clearly it's the same kind of movement. Like when you go from Sweden to the, to, 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 to the US or when you go from France, from France to the US, like you feel like, okay, there is actually something happening around my brand. And at this moment, we started to think like, uh, um, uh, we, we took one decision that was very simple, which was, English is going to be our master in everything we're going to do, which was actually not the case because when uh, we were not open in the US at the time, I think we were open in Spain, Italy, Germany, France, Belgium, something like that. Uh, and truth to be told, like France was still truly the headquarter of our brand and the rest of Europe was kind of provinces, right? So the brand was still thinking and writing in French uh, first mm -hmm. and then being translated. Uh, and I think English was a kind of a defining moment because it's obviously a universal language and um, 
and uh and and it was really like the moment like we started to speak in english it was like the official language of our brand the minute we opened in uh in uh in, uh, in the us hmm. and then so you start developing like you know editorial guidelines uh that are uh, uh you know written in english and, and some uh, localization uh uh tips for different uh um for different languages and 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 then you have to structure a team around that like what's going to be the team to to build up those guidelines nurture them make sure they are applied at company level and that there is a localization process that makes sure that those english masters are going to be properly translated so we have basically a, a head of content and editorial and she's responsible of doing the best theoretical job at english level and make sure that it's applied like you know grassrooted uh, in every country afterwards. Fantastic. Now that that's 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 really great to understand what happens when you open the kitchen door. So thank you for inviting us <laughs> to, the, to the kitchen. <laughs> this is great. Um, back to back to that uh, Instagram post that we looked at for for the language. I also want to look at uh, the environmental impact of of back market. Three years ago, um, you said in an interview that you wanted to lead a joyful revolution. Um, how how is it going? I mean, have you have you affected large scale change in the last eight years? How much of an impact are you making? Do you have any do you have any benchmark data where you say, wow, in those eight years, because of our existence, you know, XXX happened, right? I didn't bring my uh, bragging numbers with me. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I mean, uh, like. I think after eight years, we have like around uh, 7 million customers, so maybe a little bit more. Um, a lot of them are, uh, you know, built into smartphones and, and stuff. And when we got uh, the, the data you quote around, like, you know, the 21, uh, 700 gallons of water that you yeah. uh, that you use for a new phone and, and, and basically what you save by being renewed uh, is... Um, is data that we got from uh, ADEM, uh, actually, um, uh, which is a, a governmental agency uh, in France. And we we got them like uh, at the end of last year and we were like freaking amazed by the actual impact and how factual it was. Like we had some data before, but it was not like, you know, the official source of truth. Yeah. And and uh, and it's it's insane uh, going second hand uh, or refurbished is actually uh undoubtedly like uh so much uh, more efficient from an environmental perspective than uh, replacing your new phone by a new one mm -hmm. uh we spoke about the gallons of water uh I, I can i think it's also more than 250 kilograms of carbon emission uh 200 kilograms of uh, um, um, a raw material like it's it's actually really superior from an environmental uh uh level so if i add up my 7 million customers with like mm -hmm. what one single smartphone uh has uh, uh in terms of environmental impact well uh it doesn't even make sense to to compute um so yeah, yeah. and I, I think yeah. that that's what makes it particularly exciting is that um we always had the luxury uh so far of knowing that our sales could be you know when you frame them in a uh, in million or, or billion dollars could immediately be translated in uh billion uh, gallons of water uh saved mm -hmm. or, or or tons of raw material uh, avoided and so on mm -hmm. and uh and i think that's always like it, it 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 makes your project and your the energy you put in it like 
so strong yeah. because you never have like the feeling to sometimes choose the money over the impact or, or choose uh, impact and trying, you know, at the risk of comprom compromising your, your finances. And, and I think that's what makes uh, the, the, the project so strong today still. Absolutely, and that's why you've been you've been with uh, with one with one brand for so long. Because I know, looking at your your past history, you you love you know jumping from one startup to another, helping them you know create the big idea and then moving on. But this seems like there's so much there's so much gravitas to it. There's so much impact that you can have, and it's such an exciting journey that uh, that it, it it just doesn't seem to get boring because there's always. There's always bigger goals that you can have with a with a brand like Back Market. Yeah, and and what's interesting also is that uh, there are not that many brands out there in the in the tech industry uh, that are trying to um, to bring something new that is not you know like a new iPhone or a new pair of uh, yeah. AirPods or whatever. Uh, and and there is so much fun in you have this gigantic playground everybody <laughs> looks pretty much the same and you're the one guy that you know uh brought some different colors uh in in the mix and and yeah the singularity is uh amazing there are some <laughs> cool brands like uh Fairphone or, or I, could, i could quote like maybe one or two but uh we are very we feel lonely in a good way uh, yeah and and you know th th that makes it even more interesting and exciting i guess when you When you look back, um, uh, uh, what was when was a, a big breakthrough moment for Back Market when you felt like okay, you're not just running this little startup, but actually here is a monumental shift. Something is happening with every brand. There's always well, it's it's a lot of moments, right? It's a lot of like small moments, but there's usually this one big moment where you wake up and there's a certain news piece or something went viral or you know something happened and you're like, whoa, this is it. What was that moment? Well, I think the only moment where I feel like the the whoa stuff, like really, is uh, <laughs> is not when I look at at external stuff, but when I look at the at the team. Every year we have our all hands, you know, like three days uh, of site with the whole team, etc. And and those whoa moments of like something is happening, like is is uh, they always happen like basically every year uh, i get a kick in the face by how many people we are and and, <laughs> and the level of energy in the room i guess like from a, an, an external um um i i would go like with what you were saying like like uh like yes back market became big and i hope it will keep on and growing bigger and bigger but uh eight years is a long time right so yeah it feels more like uh like small Uh, you know, uh, stones on the way, but that are more quietly uh, put. So I, I remember perfectly like the first press article uh, that was published and I was like, this is a meaningful moment for my brand and for, for, for you know, the project and how much people we know about it. But I didn't find it like, you know, it was not like a, an absolute breakthrough. Yeah. Maybe if I had to, to pick one thing where I felt like, okay, we have a grasp on the real world at, at an interesting scale, It was five years ago, um, so the company was three years old. At the time, we were trying to find a way to sell, uh, I think it was iPhone 6 or 6S, that had, um, um, you know, Touch ID, uh, mm -hmm. the stuff that uh, takes your fingerprints and yep. whatever. Um, well, our, our sellers uh, came to, to us and they say, like, we could sell iPhone 6S, but uh, touch, uh, replacing Touch ID is super expensive. So it's basically 
iPhone success with no touch ID embarked, but we're going to give, give it to you uh, super cheap and people will love it. <laughs> and, uh, but we had to find a marketing angle to do it. Uh, and, uh, at the time we had obviously no agency, no, absolutely no budget for production or whatever. <laughs> and we just came, came up with like this stupid gimmick of like, uh, uh the snowden collection basically the only uh, iphone success <laughs> that will never ask you for your personal data such as you know your fingerprints basically and uh we ran with it like for a little while uh like maybe six months or so and we sold a lot of those iphone success people were excited a lot of people don't care about this kind of uh innovation such as uh, such id that id um until i woke up one morning uh reading a uh, a tweet from uh uh, Edward Snowden himself <laughs> with uh, a, a screenshot of uh, of our interfacing. I have absolutely nothing to do with this uh, uh, website or this collection or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and I felt yeah, like I'm I'm happy. And you know, it was not the best introduction of back market for Mr. Snowden, who I actually respect a lot. But uh, dang, like something pretty meaningful happened to. Uh, to my brand, like the message reached out to the guy. So that was a big aha moment. Well, they say there's a, there's there's no such thing as bad press, right? I mean, if it if it bubbles up all the way to Snowden, then you know. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, yes. like he, he yes. takes notice. And uh what a what a great viral campaign. <laughs> yeah, 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 indeed. It's, and, so viral it uh, went straight to the guy. Uh, I know it's awesome. And and talking about marketing angles, um your your agency that you're working with right now, um, I just saw that they you guys won eight eight lions at, at Cannes uh, for for the heck market campaign. Um, that's awesome. T tell us a little bit about about that campaign. What was uh, what was at the heart of that campaign? Well, I think it sums up very well. Uh, uh, you know the the kind of uh, yeah the, the DNA of this brand and and the kind of um, the excitement we take in in risk and the, basically the sabotage value that animates us. Uh, uh, Hack Market was a discussion we've been having with uh, Marcel, the, the agency that has been uh, uh, working on it. I think we, we had this conversation for like months, right? But it's the kind of conversation you have on the side of like the boring TV commercial that you have to ship because those are the ones who will actually sustain the business. And it's always like this, this little idea that is, you know, staying somewhere like, hey, one day that would be amazing to do it. And I think at one point it was actually the moment like we had like budget and and room to 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 activate it mm -hmm. and um uh and we had talked about it so much that it was actually quite easy at that moment to say like okay let's give it a go we we had a lot of back and forth with their lawyers our lawyers like because <laughs> obviously they there is a fine line that you don't want to cross because you want to respect uh, at the end of the day uh, Apple real estate and you know the the limits of the law and we we found like it was very interesting like we had big constraints from a legal perspective but um, we managed to put a lot of creativity within them and 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 I think it came up as a as something that is very true to what this uh, uh, to, to to what this brand is about. One thing I think that that made Hack Market actually stronger than it might initially have been was precisely this data about impact that he, we initially didn't have, you know, about environmental impact. Because I think it would have been a little bit weaker to just say like, hey, there is an iPhone cheaper next door if you connect yourself to, to back market. Um, I think it was much more interesting for people to be educated about like, hey, there is actually a more virtuous model. Mm -hmm. uh, if you switch to circular economy, you can save 
carbon emission, water, raw materials, and 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 maybe you should consider a back market uh, instead. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, now that we now that we talked for for a little over half an hour uh, about about your brand and and knowing that you you come from a background where you helped uh, shape a lot of startups from their from the brand and their creative uh, creative strategy uh, angle, what does I'm in the brand world, right? A lot of the people that are listening, they're 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 building brands either themselves or they're creatives building brands or they're just fascinated by how brands are being built, uh, like yours. Um, what what does branding mean to you? It's such a misunderstood word, but but what? How would you how would you describe branding? What what is it? I mean, the the why well, there are thousands of ways to to frame it, but to me. Uh, the the branding that I love is 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 about the the foundation of the business. So uh, the word brand is so evanescent that sometimes nobody knows uh, wh what it means at the end of the day. Um, but it's what is the purpose of your business, uh, and with what kind of attitude do you want to reach this purpose yourself? Uh, don't even think about you know consumers or other like future employees or whatever like like you spontaneously you have a goal and with which spirit do you want to 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 reach this goal like what's going to be your your attitude what's going to be your 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 fucking panache uh, mm -hmm. and 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 I think uh, you can do that only uh, when it's the, the foundation time right uh, uh, when there is nothing but a blank page or the beginning of an id because afterwards it's it's too late and then branding becomes much more uh it goes at the periphery uh like it's yeah. it's just like uh, okay give me a tvc give me a uh, some nice uh, logo on my website etc uh but but it's much more uh it's so much more impactful when it's about what's going to be the mission of your business and and what is the attitude that you want to have when fulfilling this mission like is it Uh, you know, are you going to be more leaning on the, on the seriousness of, of it or, or, or the, the joy? Are you going to be more about uh, uh, trust or, or are, are you going to be about like, you know, ideology and, and, and so on? And, um, and this is a branding that I love, like meeting entrepreneurs that have new ideas, uh, but it's so fresh that they haven't really thought about the one sentence that defines the purpose and the few values that are going to explain how they're going to meet their purpose, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. And then afterwards, everything everything, everything unfolds uh, because it's going to translate into a, a company name. It's going to translate into interfaces. It's going to translate into emailing, uh, you know, the way you write to people, community management, and so on. You are you are you are singing my gospel. Yes, absolutely. We're <laughs> we we belong to the same church of brand. Uh, I I very much agree. Um, and I mean this this leads me perfectly into the next question. Um, when when you talked about really that essence of 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 a brand, um, I like to I when I when I work with my clients, I like to 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 get them at the end of our of our sessions will really define those values, define that purpose. I want them to define the brand DNA and I want to be able for them to say, we as a brand are about one thing, right? Like, and that's one word. Sometimes it's two words, right? Um, are you, are, if, if you would take back market through that funnel, like, like what would be, 
one one word or like a short phrase that 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 in your mind really encapsulates the entire the entire brand <laughs> i'm i'm still looking for those words uh, in all fairness <laughs> this is going to be a 7 hour uh, podcast people so just hang in there we we're, we're going to we're going to see if we come up with it <laughs> i'm going to look at the comments no but um uh you know, and I'm so jealous of like, I can think about like, you know, we have this brand uh, Air France. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's like our French airline. They had this amazing sentence, which was like, uh, here to basically make the sky the best place on earth. Or um, uh, Airbnb, the belongingware uh, statement, like mm -hmm. those words are so powerful mm -hmm. in both defining the purpose and again the the, the texture uh, and the, the attitude of like how they they plan to meet it i i don't feel like we have really fun like the one sentence that can sum it all uh, i think the true purpose of back market is hardware forever uh, this is how we frame it today which is we are here to bring immortality in the world of machines trying to make them last as long as possible through circularity repair and so on but when I say hardware forever, I think it doesn't really convey the, the, the attitude and the, the passion we have. And the, the word we use the most to, to try to sum this one up is the, the value of sabotage. And we put like an exclamation point right after it. Because to me, that's that's the that's really what this brand is about. That's the DNA. The word sabotage. Yeah. That's the fucking DNA. Like yeah. it says at the end of the day, what what you're against, uh, you know, which is we're here to sabotage the the aristocracy of new devices, but it says also like uh, uh, how you plan to to you know what's your operating mode basically, uh, and and in which spirit do you want to achieve that? Like you know, act swift, minimum resources, maximum impact. Try not to kill to to get killed in the middle of the movie. And you know, like uh, <laughs> be able to count on each other. You know, like a pack of saboteur. Like we're not an army, but uh, we, we know we can uh, uh, be strong if we have each other's back. So, I think the word sabotage so far is uh, is probably the most powerful uh, word icon to this number. And and VNA, I, I wasn't looking for the perfect tagline. I was really looking for that one word, and I think that is the mm -hmm. word. I mean, I think I think it's I think it's wonderful. And and uh, yeah, but I no, you make me uh, you make me think about this perfect timeline uh, tagline. That well, I that's good. Happened. So you got something out of our conversation. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> And and you know you already gave an amazing gave amazing advice to uh, to struggling um, entrepreneurs and founders. Uh, don't get don't get killed in the middle of the movie. <laughs> I mean that's pretty much yeah. that's pretty much it. <laughs> Keep <well> running. <laughs> uh, what's what's next uh, as we slowly come to an end here? Uh, what what's next for the back market brand? What are you what are you really excited about in the next couple of months? Is there anything that you can reveal, or is anything is is everything hush hush under, you know, inside the kitchen? Um, no, I don't think we have uh, much secrets. Like it's always fun, like this period of summer, because we are always revisiting our our advertising assets. I don't think brands are just about advertising, but I, I still take a lot of pleasure in in producing those. So I think you can expect some kick-ass campaigns like coming up around uh, September. Um, but no, it's a little bit of you know same old. Uh, we keep on doing a uh, same old. Stuff. That it's that could be your brand DNA too. <laughs> I, I like same old <laughs> thank you for the main song. but uh yeah no apart from uh nice tv commercials with some cats inside uh <laughs> this is what comes up in my mind as you speak 
Well, evil cats. Well, I evil cats. Okay, so you have enough of a carrot here that we want to follow. So that brings us uh, to 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 the to the to the big question of how can people follow back market? Where can they find you online? Where can they maybe follow you personally um, as well as the company? What are some of the some of the places where you engage with people the most? It depends what kind of people, but uh, like if you're just here to uh, uh, you know read us or, or look at uh, our you know uh, news and and jokes you can i think instagram or TikTok is a good place to uh, to follow so just uh, uh give it a search back market and obviously if you're a, a candidate willing to join like a, a nice and and uh, exciting project uh we're pretty reactive on linkedin as well very cool good well i feel old by saying that <laughs> no it's uh it's 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 important it's important listen this was this was really really insightful um and 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 i mean thank you for taking us on the journey thank you for sharing um sharing all of your thoughts about how you created the voice how you how you how you helped shape the brand um how the marketplace uh, has been created really appreciate spending an entire 45 minutes plus with you so thank you so much for your time Thank you, Fabian. It was nice to be around. And yet another inspiring conversation with an amazing brand builder who hopefully you will follow um, his work and, uh, and, and how his company will see even more growth in the years to come. A lot of things that they're doing right. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have been able to share this with you. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you do, please rate the show maybe even join our hitting the mark circle um, and share the show if you feel like it's worth sharing hitting the mark is produced by my consultancy finian where we create clarity for brand transformations this episode was edited as usual by everett barton and the hitting the mark theme music was written and produced by the one and only happiness one i will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark